the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. City WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Download the Faith Talk Tampa app or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. Following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre-recorded. Paul has in mind an unsaved, unregenerate person who rather than occasionally lapses into sins like these, is totally dominated by sins like these. They're committed with all of their hearts to doing the very things that Paul's mentioned. Immorality, idolatry, strife, envying, etc. These are the people who demonstrate by their behavior that they are enslaved to such sins. They're not free, they're enslaved. They have never been transformed by Christ, regardless of their profession of faith. They have never received a new nature, and they do not have the Holy Spirit indwelling in them. You couldn't possibly live like this as an ongoing lifestyle and be a Christian. Welcome to Verse by Verse, coming to you from Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. These daily radio Bible classes are taught by Pastor Steve Kreloff and are taken from his expository or verse-by-verse style of preaching since 1981 at Lakeside. Verse-by-verse is supported by the prayers and financial gifts of our listeners. If these classes have been a blessing to you and your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, would you consider becoming a part of the team? We can continue to produce these studies and pay for airtime only as interested folks like yourself come alongside to help. Any ministry for the Lord needs prayer support. Pray that the studies will impact believers and encourage them into a closer walk with the Lord. Pray that non-followers of Jesus will be convicted of their sinful and lost condition to the point they will change their minds about who Jesus is and trust Him as their only Savior. If you would like to become a financial supporter of Verse by Verse, call us at 727-239-0306. Or you can go online to versebyverseradio.org and click the Giving tab. Your concern and active participation is greatly appreciated. It's time to get into our study today. If you miss any part of it, I'll tell you at the end of the program how you can listen to it again. Have your Bible open to Galatians chapter 5 and verses 16 through 18 as Pastor Steve continues his discussion on the deeds of the flesh. Now, I want to stop here for a moment and address something that may, I think it may hinder someone from taking Paul's words as seriously as they should. See, someone, in fact, many, may object to Paul's teaching on sanctification as being just too simplistic, too unrealistic for our sin-saturated world. They may be assuming that when Paul wrote these words, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh, that he wasn't thinking about such a a wicked society as ours, where graphic sexual pictures are plastered all over the internet, where television and movies and advertisements constantly convey sexual themes. 
where all kinds of wicked behavior and vices are approved of and even encouraged, and where marital infidelity and even sexual perversion have become pretty much the norm of our culture. So the thinking may be by some that, you know what, if Paul only knew the kind of world that that we'd be living in, he would never have told us to do something as just simple and basic as walk in the Spirit. That's that's not going to cut it in our world. He would never have given us something that that kindergartenish as a solution to gratifying the flesh, because those in his world, so the thinking goes, they didn't have to live with such depravity all around them as we do. So that weakens Paul's argument. Not at all. Listen, nothing could be further from the truth. The world that Paul lived in was just as evil as the world that we live in. Why do I say that? Several years ago, Michelle and I were part of a tour in Italy that took us to the city of Pompeii. Now, Pompeii was a town in ancient Italy that existed during the days of the Apostle Paul. It was a contemporary town when Paul was alive. However, in 79 AD, Pompeii was destroyed and completely buried under mounds of ash from the eruption of a nearby volcano, Mount Vesuvius. For nearly 1,700 years, this town was buried under that ash. Nobody even knew that it existed until it was rediscovered in the year 1749. And when it was uncovered, what was discovered then was a perfectly preserved Roman city, ancient Roman city that had been under that ash for all these years, so that we know authoritatively what life was like back in that city. And that was just, that was a common city, nothing out of the ordinary. What was life like in that city? You know what? What was discovered was that society in Paul's day was just as wicked as ours is. Because the archaeologists found all kinds of erotic objects and sexually explicit frescoes in the city of Pompeii. It was a culture saturated with immorality tied together with their religion. In fact, I I can recall going into, Michelle and I went into, along with our tour group, one of the home, one of the rooms of a house in Pompeii, and seeing a pornographic drawing on the wall, and hearing our tour guide try to defend it. He tried to defend it by saying that this isn't what you think it is. And I remember telling Michelle, no, this is exactly what we think it is. And it was. He tried to peddle it off as art, pornography. Listen, the society Paul lived in, in in his world, the first century, was just as wicked as the world is today. But even if it wasn't, that's irrelevant completely irrelevant because what Paul says here in Galatians 5 is that residing in all of us, regardless of of the time that you lived in or the culture you lived in, are the same kinds of sinful desires. People back then were just as evil as people today. The world may have been different, but in Paul's day it really wasn't. But even if it was, it doesn't matter. We all have the same desires of the flesh. Time doesn't change that. Culture doesn't change that. And the only way to, to, to overcome those sinful desires is to walk by the Spirit. And so in verses 19 through 21, Paul explains 
what happens if we give into those sinful desires and we fail to walk by the Spirit. He gives us a list of some of the works of the flesh. Starting in verse 19, we read, Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. Now, before we look at this list of of the deeds of the flesh, and and I'm only going to comment briefly on them because, frankly, they're they're self-explanatory, there are a few things that I want you to keep in mind. Number one, you need to understand that Paul is not saying that everyone, everyone manifests all of these sins. He's not saying that at all. What he is saying is that these are the kinds of sins that come from within each of us, because even though as believers in Christ, we have a new nature, we're still fallen beings with fleshly hearts that are inclined to sin. And when we do sin, these are the ways we do it. These are the deeds that our flesh produces. But he's not saying that everybody all the time is producing this. This is what resides in us. And if left to ourselves, this is the kind of stuff coming out. Secondly, we should be aware of the fact that these deeds of the flesh originate with us. We're the source of them, not anybody or anything else. They come from within us. They do not come from Satan. They don't come from our environment. They don't come because of a poor education or a low-level job or poverty or some deep-rooted psychological problem. No, these deeds come from our sinful flesh, and they, they simply reflect that we are indeed fallen creatures with degenerate hearts. This is precisely what Jesus taught. He taught the same thing back in Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7, starting at verse 20, here's what our Lord said. He was saying, that which proceeds out of the man, that's what defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, and men is used generically here to mean men and women. Out of the heart of Of men proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. The Pharisees were trying to say that what defiles somebody is how they eat and outward washings, and Jesus is saying nonsense. What defiles people there's sinfulness that comes out and expresses itself. These are the works that our flesh produces. And folks, frankly, this is all our flesh produces. This is, this is it. The flesh cannot be reformed. Your flesh cannot be transformed. It can't be all dolled up and spruced up. The flesh will always be inclined to do evil. That'll never change. Third, This is not intended to be an exhaustive list of the works of the flesh. We know that because the apostle says so in verse 21, after listing the last of the deeds of the flesh, envying, drunkenness, and carousing, Paul says, and things like these. In other words, he's saying we're capable of doing a lot more of these kinds of things that are just as ugly as the sins that I've mentioned. So this list, that's just a sampling of what the flesh is capable of producing. But those deeds of the flesh that Paul does mention, they sort of fall neatly into four categories, sexual sins, religious sins, social sins, meaning 
sins in regard to human relationships and alcohol-related sins. So let's begin to look at this really repulsive list of sins that the flesh produces when we fail to walk by the Spirit. Paul begins in verse 19 by saying, Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which means they're obvious. It's obvious that they come from our sinful flesh, not from our new nature, and not from the Spirit of God within us. It's obvious. It's evident. And then Paul begins by mentioning three sins under the category of a sexual nature, starting with, number one, immorality. This is a broad word referring to any illicit sexual activity. The Greek word is actually porneo, from which we derive our English word pornography. Paul probably began with this sin because in the words of one writer, Greek and Roman life was permeated with extramarital sex, often under a religious guise. So really, over 2,000 years, nothing has changed because immorality, as we all know, is rampant in our day. Secondly, he speaks of impurity. One of the deeds of the flesh is impurity. This is a word that means moral uncleanness. It carries with it the concept of dirty thoughts and sexually crude language. Impurity really describes Hollywood today, the humor of Hollywood that seeps into everyday life. This is where they're at. This is where many people are at. Sensuality. This word means sexual misbehavior that really knows no restraint and is not concerned about public decency. In other words, the person who is sensual has no sense of shame or any concern for what others think or how their behavior affects anyone else. Folks, once again, this is Hollywood and Hollywood's moral values, and this is the world we live in, a world that has no concern about moral decency. Second category of deeds of the flesh starts at the beginning of verse 20 and reveals two sins that are related to religion, meaning false man-made religion. Why does Paul include this? Because the works of the flesh are offenses against God, just as sexual sins are offenses against people. Speaks number one of idolatry. This is the worship of pagan idols, meaning the worship of a mere creature rather than the creator. At its essence, idolatry means to put anything above the one true God. Sorcery, this term means the use of drugs, poisons, uh, potions, or spells. It had to do with the ancient occult practice in which drugs were used to communicate with deities. What we would call today is black magic. That's the thought here, black magic. Third category of deeds of the flesh has to do with social sins. These are sins that, that break down human relationships. Paul mentions eight of them. They start in the middle of verse 20, and they continue until the beginning of verse 21. Now, as I said, these are the sins that contribute to the breakdown of human relationships at every level. Have you noticed people have a hard time getting along with one another? We have a hard time getting along with one another. It's something that's happening all around us. People failing to get along with each other in their, in their marriages, with their children, children with their parents, with friends, with relatives, with neighbors, with fellow workers, with other church members. That's what these sins deal with. Number one, Paul speaks of enmities. Uh, this simply means hatreds, hostile feelings toward individuals, strife, quarreling, the quarreling that comes from hatred and these hostile feelings. Jealousy, it's anger and resentment that, that come from coveting what other people have. I want what someone has, and I'm jealous about it. 
outbursts of anger. This is just what it sounds like. It's temper tantrums, fits of rage, outbursts that come from a nasty temper. The Greek philosopher Aristotle compared this expression to dogs that he said, and I quote, bark if there is but a knock at the door before looking to see if it's a friend. That's our, that's our world. Our flesh produces aggressive barking, like a reflex. Sometimes we call it road rage, that kind of thing. Disputes. The thought behind this word is selfish ambition, an approach to life that selfishly tries to get ahead of others, even at the expense of other people. That is to say, the disputes means to work only for our own interests without any concern for anyone else. Dissensions, the word means strong disagreements which divide people. He's not talking about people having different opinions. It's fine to have different opinions, but uh, this is the stuff that divides people. Factions are those groups that form when dissensions divide people. Then envying. This is related to the concept of jealousy, but it seems to be even more intense to the point that it begrudges anything good happening to someone else. When we're unhappy, when someone else succeeds, that's envying. This is the sin that, in the words of another Greek philosopher, Socrates, is, and I quote, pained by their friends' successes. Somebody tells you something good happened to them, you're pained by that. Or in the words of another writer, envying is rejoicing at the misfortune of others. Glad that something like that happens, and I think you get the picture. Now, the fourth and final category of deeds of the flesh that Paul lists are mentioned in verse 21. And these are a couple of alcohol-related sins that go together, drunkenness and carousing. What does he mean by this? Well, drunkenness refers to being intoxicated by alcohol, and then carousing refers to the wild parties where people get intoxicated. Now, folks, these are, as we said, just some of the deeds of the flesh, and it's quite a sordid list. And as we said, if Paul wanted to, he could have continued naming behavior just like this because he said, and things like these, indicating that there's a lot more fleshly deeds he could have mentioned, but he doesn't. Why? Because he's made his point. His point being that these are the kinds of evil actions that our flesh produces. But I want you to notice, as Paul concludes this list of fleshly works, he issues to us a very sober warning that we all should heed. He says at the end of verse 21, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, apparently, Paul had previously warned the Galatians about the danger of carrying out these sins, and he probably warned them when he was with them personally. But now, in this letter, he warns them again that those who practice such things, he says, will not inherit the kingdom of God, meaning that they're not saved. When they die, they're going to be barred from going to heaven. They will go to hell. Now, this is a very serious warning, and it's troubled many Christians, and it's caused many Christians to doubt their salvation because they read this verse as if Paul is saying that anyone who's guilty of these sins is going to hell. Truth of the matter is, is that every one of us has committed some, if not many, of these sins since we've been saved. 
So does this mean, as the young man I recently talked to believed, that you have to be perfect to go to heaven? Or does this mean that if you commit one of these sins and you'll lose your salvation? Absolutely not. That's not Paul's point at all. Listen closely, because the key word to understand Paul's warning is the word practice. Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The kind of person that Paul is talking about is the person who continually and habitually practices these kinds of sins as a way of life without any concern to change, without any concern to repent. This person is not interested in changing at all. Paul's not referring to a Christian who occasionally lapses into one of these sins and then feels terrible about it and repents over it and desires with all of his or her heart to stop doing it. He's not referring to someone like that. Paul has in mind an unsaved, unregenerate person who rather than occasionally lapses into sins like these is totally dominated by sins like these. They're committed with all of their hearts to doing the very things that Paul's mentioned. Immorality, idolatry, strife, envying, etc. These are the people who demonstrate by their behavior that they are enslaved to such sins. They're not free. They're enslaved. They have never been transformed by Christ, regardless of their profession of, of faith. They have never received a new nature. And they do not have the Holy Spirit indwelling in them. You couldn't possibly live like this as an ongoing lifestyle and be a Christian. And so, because this is the kind of behavior that the flesh produces, those who are unsaved practice such things because they are, note this, totally fleshly. This is all they have. Therefore, they are only doing what comes naturally to them the works of the flesh. We can't expect anything more. You're not going to get anything more. I want you to look at a passage in which Paul wrote about some of the same things, Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8, Paul wrote some things that help us to clarify what he was writing about here in Galatians 5. In Romans 8, starting at verse 5, chapter 8, verse 5, we read, for those who are according to the flesh, and he's talking about unsaved people now, set their minds on the things of the flesh. That's what they think about. That's all they think about. But those who are according to the Spirit, now he's talking about believers, the things of the Spirit. We set our minds on the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death. Why? Because it comes out of a person who's dead spiritually. But the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God. That's how unbelievers are. They hate God. For it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. An unregenerate person is not able to obey God. He doesn't want to obey God, first of all, but he's not able to at all either. Verse 8, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, notice the very next thing that Paul says, verse 9. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. The question is, how would you know if the Spirit of God dwells in you? It's pretty important. Paul says, if he doesn't dwell in you, you're not one of his. You're not one of Christ. 
How would you know if the Spirit of God dwells in you? That is a very important question to ask yourself. Steve will give us an answer in our next Verse by Verse. Make plans to be in class. If you would like to listen again to this study, go to our website, versebyverseradio.org, and click on the Message Archive tab. There you can stream the class again or any of the many others that are available for free. You can also sign up for our free podcasting service and our free newsletter. There are many resources there to help you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and improve your daily walk with Christ. If you would like to order a CD of all three parts of this message, call us at 727-239-0306. That website again is versebyverseradio, all one word, dot O-R-G. And our phone number is 727-239-0306. Lakeside Community Chapel is located at 1893 Sunset Point Road in Clearwater, Florida. That's about halfway between U.S. 19 and the beaches. Pastor Steve would love to meet you sometime, so why not drop in for a service and talk with him? The phone number to call is 727-441-1714. Call to ask about service times. If you do not have a church home, you will find Lakeside a wonderful family-oriented place to worship. That phone number again is 727 441 Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.